Welcome to the Head Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Sean McKinnon with uh, the Hat Project, helping assist veterans every day. And I have uh, a guest here today. Um, Alyssa, please introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Alyssa Vasquez. I work at the Veterans One Stop and I am the program manager for the PFC Joseph P. Dwyer Peer Support Program. And Alyssa is our first female veteran guest on the show here for season two. So we're kicking off the season with a great guest. And uh, I hope everybody looks forward to what we had to talk about today because it's an interesting interview. I'm telling you right now as we get into it. So Alyssa, let's just start off a little bit with your background. So you're from Phoenix, Arizona, right? Yes. Okay. And I was thinking maybe you joined the military when you got out, of the, got out of high school, but let's tell the audience kind of the story you were telling me. You got out of high school and then what happened? Um, had children, got married, um, was a stay-at-home uh, military spouse. My ex-husband had joined um, and so well, at the time we were married and then a couple years into our uh, marriage I decided I wanted to help the household a little bit more and that I also wanted to serve. I had always felt compelled even from a young age so at the time uh, we decided it was best for me to join. All right. And what was your husband doing at the time? What type of military job was he doing? He was a heavy wheel mechanic. Okay. All right. And where was this? Uh... He was at Fort Hood, and then I was fortunate enough to also be stationed at Fort Hood. Wow. Great. So now you did your training as a mother, yes. right? So how did that feel as a mother? You had to go to like a basic training, AIT. Mm-hmm. Describe for us kind of what you've, looking back on it, how did you feel? Um, looking back on it, uh, that was probably the biggest mental test. I had mental, emotional, spiritual test, I guess. I guess you could say, um, mm-hmm. just because I had literally never been away from any of my children for even up to 24 hours. So that's a severe drop off, um, you know, whenever you go to basic. And actually, for the first few days, I started I experienced my first panic attacks, not oh thinking I was going to see them. Um, and then thankfully, you know, it all simmered down and I realized everything was going to be okay. And so <laughs> it was it was tough. But then also it was very rewarding knowing what I was I was going through was for them. So. And so how long was your training for the, the non-military people out there that listen to the podcast? Um, so I had the standard basic training, which is nine weeks, and then I went to advanced individual training um, up in Fort Belvoir, and that one was 21 weeks or roughly like five months long. Really? That's really long. Yeah. That's pretty long. Yeah, I was there morning It was like eight weeks and eight weeks, and then everyone's going quick. You know, they, go, they want you out there. So that so tell everybody what your MOS was and what that basically is. Um, so I was a geospatial engineer, and essentially I just made maps or imagery, imagery-based products of the battle space for commanders um, for ground forces so they could see where they were going and any kind of obstacles or um, like during Iraq um, if they wanted to see the IED progression and how that was escalating over the previous um, weeks Um, and then for aviation units I would show them like HLZ analysis of where they would be either infilling exfilling things like power lines and other things they would need to be mindful of in order to make the best decisions for their troops. Now was this on computers at the time because I was in before you and we still had like these crazy maps and stuff as being airborne we relied on people like Alyssa to, to help us out prior and so forth but um, so was this on computers at the time then 2000 era you were trained to do all this on mm-hmm. we were okay. fortunate enough to do create all of our products um, uh-huh. on the computer but then mo- the majority of them would be actual paper products that we okay. would print off especially for ground forces yeah great guys like me right oh yeah <laughs> I needed one of those uh, forearm bands like the quarterbacks you use in the, in the NFL <laughs> exactly. like showing me all the I mean I remember one of the jumps I jumped in uh, it was a night training jump in Panama and I remember looking out at the horizon you're supposed to watch the horizon not look down at the ground as you so you don't reach for the ground right and break your leg so I'm looking out and the horizon came up 
And it just kept going. And it kept going. I like went below the horizon. I'm like, what's happening? And it was like this huge area close to the drop zone. There was a stone quarry that we didn't know about. Oh, and so myself and the E7 and the E6 and there's a bunch of us, the helicopter jump, we ended up landing. It was the softest landing ever. It was like in a stone quarry. I just literally went in like a little lawn dart and just shoop, like up to my waist. And it really weirded me out. So I wish back then we would have had a little better, <laughs> you know, diagnostics before we jumped. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so. So, all right, so where were you stationed in general overall? You started at Fort Hood then, right? Yep, okay. went from Fort Hood. Uh, after there, I went to Fort Leonard Wood and then Campbell, and then I finished my last duty station was at Fort Rucker in Fort Alabama. Rucker. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> and now at Campbell, you said you were um, working with, um, what was it, um, not 82nd Airborne, that was my parent yeah 101st right yeah yeah. so okay so you were working with 101st and then uh you went to iraq twice during that time um i went to iraq twice out of uh out of fort hood Hood. first with fourth id and then or i'm sorry first with three core and then second with fourth id okay um and then when i was at campbell i went with 101st okay so afghanistan you said Mm -hmm, that time great how long were you over there then um i wasn't over there um very long for either or any of my deployments because my first two i was sent to to join units that were downrange to kind of augment them. Okay. And then my last time, I actually was only there for uh, about a month and a half um, because I ended up getting med- uh, medevac for a fluke heart thing. They found really? out that I have a jacked up heart. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, and the so wow. commander was like, I'm not going to assume the risk. You need to go to uh, Walter Reed. And so I went there. Wow, and really? So you never Walter Reed? Now, during this time, now, um, you obviously were still a mother because once a mother, always a mother. Yeah. So you're still a mother. So your kids, where were they at the time? Yeah. Uh, my kids at the time, they were with my ex-husband up here in Buffalo, and I was under observation at Walter Reed, so that was probably one of the more frustrating times in the military because I wasn't downrange with my buddies, I right. wasn't doing anything back here, and I wasn't with my kids. I was just in a hospital. You were like in limbo. Yeah. So Walter Reed, explain to the non-military people where that is. Um, it's one of the larger medical facilities that's around uh, D.C., yeah. um, and they've actually split it up now since then into they hold more of the physical injuries at Walter mm-hmm. Reed and then more of, um, like they call them, like the invisible wounds or like the post-traumatic stress stress those are more at the facility that they built on Fort Belvoir now so they've okay. kind of split that and where's Fort Belvoir that's in Virginia Virginia so not too far from DC mm-hmm. but okay not at all. we were just down there recently for one of my wife's friends like I gotta say my wife ran the Marine Corps Marathon actually as wow. a St. Jude runner that is awesome so um, and she did a great great job considering this this past uh, Marine Corps Marathon it was like a monsoon and as it run by the National Mall it was so flooded um, I couldn't even go out and cheer on and watch it and stuff. It was so bad. It was coming down sideways with 30 to 40 mile an hour winds, and and she ended up doing great. But I've been down to the D.C. area just recently, first time <laughs> ever. But <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing some of the stuff there. But all right, so you were only there for what a few months, maybe? Uh, I think my total time there was about six months. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a little longer than I thought. Okay. Yeah. All right, so after that, then where'd you go? Fort Rucker? Um, I went back to Campbell okay. for I, w- I think I was there for about another year, and then. From there, I went down to to Rucker. Okay, great. So. Down in L.A., Lower Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I was down there when they were calling it L.A. I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm from Buffalo. It's not L.A. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> Peanut festivals for those of you listening out there. Bowl peanuts, which Alyssa really tends to like, I guess. Right? I do the Cajun flavored ones. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, add a little seasoning. I don't know. Not my thing, but those of you out there love them. God bless you. All right, so so we're at. 
at the point with Rucker right now, what approximate year is that? Um, I was there from February of 2014 until mm -hmm. I got out of the military in March of or March 31st of 2017. Funny, our ETS dates. Okay. We always remember. Mine was ironically 9/11, uh, 1994. Oh wow! Yeah, isn't that interesting? That I, is. I don't forget that date now. Mm -mm. So yours is March 31st. What year? 2017. 2017. Okay. At this point, uh, not married anymore, divorced or something. You said okay. Yeah, divorced, but we you know got along great, and so from there okay. it was deciding where to go and what would be best for the kids and everything. So. Now, um, Alyssa was sharing an interesting pre-interview story with me about how she came to Buffalo. So if you feel free to elaborate on uh, how you came to Buffalo. Yeah, I always laugh. Um, uh -huh. It's it, just because the person that convinced me was actually my ex-father-in-law <laughs> um, and we had been divorced for quite some time but you know like I said we still get along great and um, essentially he just he, he really didn't want me to potentially move back home to Arizona and then you know take my children over there and just make it really hard on everybody. Um, so basically he kind of broke down and started crying Aww. and just said you know please just Grandpa. keep the grandbabies and then uh, so that really got to me, but then he sold me with the, you'll get all four seasons here in Buffalo. You're not going to get that in Arizona. So. Yes. All four seasons. I love it. There's That should be the next t-shirt for those of you out there in Buffalo. All my friends, uh, the printers and stuff in town, all four seasons in Buffalo. Just a really long winter. <laughs> Just a, winter's a little long. Did you even have snow boots? Uh, no, I, no, I still never wear a jacket and I always get I yelled at for it. I saw you walk in today for the interview. We're at, and I like to give a little plug here during the interview. But we're at this little pig restaurant once again on Main and Transit. For those of you who are in the area, uh, feel free to come on out and check out Jeff Cook and his wife and uh, what they're doing here. It's amazing. Isn't this a cool little restaurant? It is. It's trendy but casual. Um, you can the meals can be anywhere from you know ten dollars to like thirty five forty. You know, it just depends uh, when you come. They have a Sunday brunch. It's amazing too. Oh, it's totally recommend. So it. welcoming too. Yes, mm -hmm. isn't it great? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they got these big barn doors in here for the listeners uh, out there that separate the two areas. We're in a closed-door event right now, so Jeff was kind enough to let us in here and do this again. So I uh, thank him for that. And those of you out there in the area, once again, check him out. Pretty good, pretty cool stuff. <laughs> um, so, okay, so Buffalo. Come to Buffalo. Now, was your ex-husband, is your ex-husband here? Or yep. Okay, because his father's here, so I didn't know. So his full, whole family's here. Yep. Okay, and what area are you living in? Like what town type? Um, I, I, was, um, I was around Riverside. So. Okay. You're still in the Riverside area? I am not. I am now in Tonawanda. Tonawanda. Mm -hmm. Great. One yep. of my uh, good friends works in Tonawanda area and stuff, and uh, the town of Tonawanda Police Department give a shout out to them um, they helped me out tremendously this holiday season with my toiletries drive for the homeless veteran organizations so it was the first time we did that and they put bins out at the town of Tonawanda Police Department um, and it kind of spiraled from there to other organizations that uh, deal with them some of the uh, Englewood Florist and Greek to me restaurant um, some amazing um, restaurants and businesses in town and a few others uh, Gino Pizza, Gino's Pizza Place and that and they all helped out um, with a big toiletry drive and that was split up those two truck bowls ended up being given to us and we split it up between the, um, the VA Healthcare for Homeless with Kristen Weiss and them and uh, Western New York Veteran Housing Coalition with Gigi Grizzani 
and Jacob McMahon and on. So on. yeah, so you're in Tonawanda, and that's uh, lately the, that's been a hotbed for me for the support for the Hat Project. So right so how do you like living in Tonawanda? I love it. I can uh, run around my neighborhood at any time of day or night, and I can feel completely safe. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Do you go to the river at all? Do you ever go down the river? Uh, yeah, Old I Man actually. River, that's Park. my thing. I'm like actually trying to get out a lot more because there's so yes. much to see and do around here. People don't really think about it too much, but like you go down to uh, Tonawanda, Niwanda Park. There's the classic stuff to see down there, like Old Man River, Mississippi Muds, and all that type of stuff down there. And you just go along the river, and there's Tonawanda Island across in there. Uh, my godfather is actually Doug Taylor, and that's the road to get on there is Taylor Drive to Taylor Devices over there. And, and so uh, it's a great area. My cousin's restaurant, um, uh, Crazy Jake's on that North Tonawanda side mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's a it's a happening area. It's been a lot of boating. Have you been on boats at all since you've been here? I have not yet. Whoa. But I go along the water yeah. any time I go. I always take, like, the scenic route everywhere I go. But I right. was, I'm always up Anybody out there listening? <laughs> so I know, like, a bunch of these people out there. So people that support uh, the Hat Project, um, like the Hunt Real Estate on Grand Island with Sakodi and those guys and Kelly Grambo and all them, uh, they, th- some of them guys are big boaters. So I don't know. If they're, if they're gonna listen to this podcast, maybe we need to get you out on a boat on, on the Upper Niagara River and see how that's amazing. It's good. Just don't go too far drift because it ends up going towards the falls. <laughs> so all these in Niagara Falls. But okay, back to business now. So you're looking for a job, right? You eventually end up at the Veteran One Stop Center, and what drew you there? Um, the, I had tried other places of employment in the area, um, just you know, to basically earn a paycheck. Not really think I. I when I got out, I initially wanted to, uh, to do nothing that was anything related to the military. Right. I really just wanted to go complete yeah. opposite and prove that, like, I could do it and mm-hmm. I don't need those ties. Um, and I just found uh, the places that I was working at incredibly frustrating. Um, dealt with uh, like extreme form of sexual harassment at one of oh, them. Man. And, and then just out of frustration, sheer frustration, I did like a little job search online mm-hmm. and I saw that there was a case management position opened at the Veterans One Stop and I specifically wanted to work with veterans because I... Even though I was only out for like six months, I felt really, I was like, I gotta do something to connect back to my people. Um, and then I started working there as a case management manager and I just really, um, my eyes were just open to like, mm-hmm. you know, not only helping fellow veterans, but then everything that's in the area to help veterans. It, was, it blew my mind. I have an expression that I don't know if I really made it up or if I heard it somewhere, but veterans help veterans better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, I find that to be true everywhere I go, whether it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or here in Buffalo. So, so you have an empathy, you know, for people you're working with and the work that you do for them. So the case management, what type of stuff does that involve? Are you allowed to tell us any type of examples of what what did that entail? Yeah, so um, so that's one of the biggest things that like the Veterans One Stop themselves that they offer is their case management services. And what a case manager does is they, um, they'll receive a veteran and you know they basically try to get a complete look at the picture, at the veteran's life. Um, and sometimes veterans come in just because they feel like they want to you know, get out of isolation they want to interact with other veterans which is where my program comes in like a social um, kind of yeah aspect. okay um and then mm-hmm. a lot of times um you know unfortunately they are coming in because they have more like the emergent needs like they have like an extreme housing situation where they're getting ready to either get kicked out or they currently are homeless um you know if they got something really stressful looming over their head legal issues whatever it is or maybe they're you know they they're thinking about finally filing a benefits claim you know for that knee that's been messing with them since they were in you know any it can be any number 
of things. So basically, th that case manager, they're tasked with looking at that veteran's life, um, you know, the, the most comprehensive uh, picture that they can get. And then from there, they're going to try to connect them which whatever, with whatever services that they would need that would help them out at that point in time. So what are some of the other organizations um, that you kind of rub elbows with that you... Um, so out of the um, the veterans one stop itself because it kind of acts as um, a hub because right. uh, you know it's, we know transportation just in general not only is that an issue but then just like mm -hmm. time as far as like you know people can't take off 10 days of, of work for 10 different appointments right. so we can bring them all in house and kind of knock those out as, with as minimal appointments as possible or you know if they're paying for transportation mm -hmm. they're paying for bus tokens or whatever we don't want them to have to come back and forth or go here there and everywhere so um, basically a one stop shop um, so we have like like neighborhood legal does outreach hours there um uh, let me see i saw a room full of clothing and suits and everything and you guys have gotten assistant devices too for me even yes so there's some of that right yeah absolutely so, so credit background legaling yeah clothing. um we have employment uh -huh. services and that's department of labor that's goodwill you know amazing organizations such as yours they come in and um whatever they want to offer to us then from their case manager that's that's their job is to know what your your organization has to offer so then when they see that appropriate veteran walk in their door then they can say hey i have the perfect organization for you so that's basically a case manager's job is to be like uh, well versed in what all is out there nice i <laughs> so. like it so um we have a mutual friend trey randall yes. i'd like to give a shout out to him I, uh, I interviewed him for my first season but it didn't it was the only interview that wasn't able to actually get put out so we're going to retake that one pretty soon trey i'm coming for you brother <laughs> coming coming brother but uh he's the one that gave me your name and not that i haven't been to the veteran one-stop center because i've been there a bunch um and it's an amazing facility. Um, I know there's been some changes the last few years, and um, let's talk about the change in your life with them. So I saw online there's some promotion they care to share with us. Yeah. What was that about? Um, so uh, after me doing the job as a case manager for a while, um, the the job that I currently have, program manager for the Dwyer program, um, you know, just for other reasons, that position became available, and then the leadership there thought that I would probably be a good fit. and. I like to have fun with veterans, so why yeah. not? <laughs> so I saw some pictures of what they kind of do and stuff, but I want you to explain now. Uh, I know that you're saying that like the hashtag is we are Dwyer, we are Dwyer, right? So what's let's let's talk about that for a minute. Like, what is that like exactly? I I have an idea, but let's talk to the audience about it and see what what is it. Um. So the our little tagline that we have at the mm -hmm. Veterans One Stop, we are Dwyer. That's just basically um, our way of um, paying tribute to the program itself, its namesake, PFC Joseph P. Dwyer, um, and the struggles that he faced when he you know, got out, was honorably discharged, then began to struggle with post-traumatic stress, um, and then they coupled that with substance abuse, and you know, unfortunately he lost his battle with those struggles in uh, June of 2008. Um, so that we are Dwyer is just saying, you know, we're um, he is us and we are him, um, and in his honor we're going to do everything we can to pull every single veteran out of isolation and back into that brotherhood, that sisterhood, and let them know that they're not alone so that you know, that um, the way that his life ended, it doesn't play out in any other veteran's lives. Amen to that. Now, is there like a separate board that um, like you're accountable to for the We Are Dwyer program? Or is that all just in-house with the Veteran One-Stop Center? Or is no, that set up? It is actually, um, it is a state-funded program. Okay. I One of the other great things that New York State itself has to offer um, the, that no other state does, um, they created, the, the New York State leadership created this pro program um, okay. and in 
2012, they rolled it out in four counties initially. Um, it was brought into Erie County in 2013, and then it was brought into Niagara County in 2016. Okay. Um, so for Erie and Niagara County, currently the Veterans One Stop, we are tasked um, um, with managing the program for both of those counties. Um, and it's currently in 23 counties in New York, but ultimately wow. the hope is to expand right. it to all 62. So. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So when was this? When was the promotion that... We officially uh, got the promotion. <laughs> May of 2018. May I knew it was. I, wow. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was 19 or 18. But mm -hmm. Okay, May 2018. All right. So you're coming up on almost two years on it now. Mm -hmm. All right. So are there people under you that kind of work for you for this, or you just got to know a lot of people to connect things to, or what? It's it's a little bit of both. Um. Okay. So the that was probably the bulk of my work. Maybe my I guess my first year, and I'm still doing it, is just building those connections in the community and with organizations and with you know even local businesses that just want kind of give back but they don't know how that kind of a thing mm -hmm. um, and then I do have we call it like the Dwyer team um, at the Veterans One Stop we have a couple of different um, event coordinators um, so we have like Dan Arnold he's our primary event coordinator um, he also runs our caregiver program okay and then we also have um, the fabulous Heidi Phillips she does um, event coordinating and then she also is our senior outreach coordinator so she does all of our outreach events for the One Stop um, and then, like, you know, the marketing manager that works for the Veterans One Stop, she's always, you know, we, we lean on her heavily just to help promote our events and things like that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The HAVE Project, Help and Assist Veterans Every Day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations, accepting donations of used assistive and mobility devices, and distributing them to local veterans and their families for free here in the Western New York area. Find us on Facebook. This Little Pig is the dream of Jeff and Mandy Cook, an upscale restaurant and bar featuring American cuisine made from scratch and served in a warm, friendly, casual, and unique environment. Find them online at www.thislittlepigeats.com. Their location is at 4401 Transit Road, Williamsville, New York, 14221, at the corner of Main Street and Transit. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast or past episodes, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean.com. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the rest of the program today. Some good networking going on in Buffalo, right? Yeah, and we are always mm -hmm. about building those connections because, you know, we can do much, so much more together. And what we don't want to ever get into that territory of duplicating services or fighting against each other. You know, it's, we do a lot better together. So. It is strange. It's like I happen to be probably one of the only ones around that does mobility assistive devices. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I spoke at with Maggie Murray, right? I spoke at her and had different companies there so it's kind of having a little niche sometimes is nice because I'm like the only one around that they've been like you know funneling stuff to yeah. and vice versa so it is kind of nice now um, what if you were to have a plea for help was what out there what do you need right now do you need more um, like do you need more like advertisement type stuff do you need like more help as far as some services or what type of things in order to expand the We Are Dwyer here? Um, I, so our biggest things that we always ask for, and we just had two mm -hmm. big events where we kind of, you know, we, we bribed them with pe pizza. <laughs> pizza. Um, and then we just asked them, you know, if they would just give us their ideas. And that's basically what we want to know is we want to hear from the veterans in the community um, and military families, like, what are the things that you want to do? Either you want to do and you don't have, you know, the fun 
funds for it, which happens, yeah. um, or it's just something that you think you might want to try, but you don't know how to make it happen. You know, come to us with your ideas, um, and then more than that, just encourage one another to get out the house and just you know try to come to one of these events. Cause that's so, what type about. of events are you talking about? Explain to the listeners out there. Um, so we have everything from uh, regular like therapeutic events, like we do a weekly yoga in our Buffalo office, um, and then we do a lot of other like really fun things, like um, like we just did an escape room Ooh. in North Tonawanda. That was an awesome night. Um, we had a, a welding facility uh, extend eight seats to a welding workshop that they offered. Um, we have, uh, you know, in the warm, warmer months, we're going to have a lot of events uh, like p- um, parks, like the state parks, like picnics, hikes. Uh, we're going to go out on the water, do some paddle boarding and kayaking, things like nice. that. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of fun stuff. And we're just, and then obviously, you know, the Veterans One Stop, they offer a lot of like sporting events tickets for the sporting fans and, you know, just get out, hang out with other veterans. And <laughs> so how, how many veterans do you think you rub elbows with? through this a uh, monthly basis maybe um, I would I would say oh that I on an average month mm-hmm. uh, we probably are interacting with anywhere from like a hundred to 200 veterans oh. yeah so and that's um, you know whether this is doing like you know a well check calling in on them mm-hmm. um, you know meeting I've had to meet some veterans out for coffee one-on-one just because they're not really ready for an event yet but they kind of think they want to reach out and you know, so we just kind of tiptoe him towards that. Cool. That's really neat. Yeah. I like it. All right. And um, so the future for you here for the We Are Dwyer program is to just keep pushing the envelope, I'm assuming, right? Keep getting more veterans, mm-hmm. more activities, more services, make it more diverse, right? Yeah. And that's okay. that's what we want to continue to do is we, we constantly want to keep this program evolving so that it's, you know, I mean, everything changes and we want to um, keep up with those changes. Um, not only that, like my personal goal is just to um, just I guess to maybe maybe like set the standard to help set the standard and guide the newer counties as they come on board and just really show them like hey this is how you do it and this is how you have any problems like hey let's help each other out and statewide make this program amazing so take your experience and help others absolutely all right so um, is there like a website that the listeners out there in different states or something can look at if they're interested in you know checking it out is there any type of website Facebook page I would say the best one to check out if you're uh-huh. looking specifically for the programs that we run would be vocwny.org um, or on our Facebook uh, page, it's facebook.com slash vets one stop, V-E-T-S-O-N-E-S-T-O-P. Um, and then from there, you know, we have a plenty of plenty of links on our page, um, okay. you know, that can either get to other resources in the area or can kind of tell you more about the history of the program itself and then what we have to offer. And then obviously we're always open if anybody just wants to volunteer and hang out with veterans. So, <laughs> so tell everybody, where's the, where's this located and what phone number or email, what kind of information you want to give about in case anybody wants to get a hold of you. All right. The, um, yeah. the primary uh, location for the Veterans One Stop um, is going to be the 1280 Main street suite 204 um and that's in buffalo new york 14209 um and then we also have um two uh i guess you can call them satellite office we have uh, an office in lockport new york and that's at 140 genesee street um that's in the christ community church we're in the first floor we have two offices in there and we're there monday through thursday 8 30 to 4 30 um and then i do i personally do outreach hours at the trot access center in niagara falls on monday 
Mondays and Fridays from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, and the best contact phone number would be my personal extension. It's 716-898-0110, extension 108. Um, then my personal email is avasquez, V-A-S-Q-U-E-Z, at vocwny.org. And those of you listening out there, I'll attach these to the uh, notes um, for the podcast. So I like to put that in there, but I was, right on. I'm writing down for those of you listening out there. So actually have your email address. That's how we were contacting. So I wanted yep. to write that down. Perfect. All right. So that's great. So they can get a hold of you in, in, in numerous different ways, right? I mm-hmm. mean, they can even leave a message probably with the veteran one staff, I'm sure too. Oh yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if they just have a, a just a, a veteran issue, mm-hmm. just question in general, and they're not yep. really interested in my program specifically, they can just call that main 0110 number um, mm-hmm. and then just speak to the receptionist and they can get you taken care of. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Veteran One Stop Center, and you were telling me earlier about how you come to Buffalo and you see all this like veteran aspect. We have a hospital here. We have the Veteran One Stop, the Western New York Veteran Housing Coalition. We have the VA Healthcare for Homeless and all the DAV programs. Uh, uh, in, and then the grassroots, uh, like myself, who are out there helping veterans. And um, what do you think so far after two, a couple years being in Buffalo? Pretty good? We're doing uh, pretty good? Yeah. I, Room to grow, but... I still, like yeah. I said, I, I told you before we started recording, I, I still laugh because mm-hmm. of the people in Alabama told me that basically I would regret coming to New York because they <laughs> would be hostile to military, super liberal, all that, but it is hands down the most supportive place I've ever been my entire time in and out of the military, even joining. My family's super military friendly, but I haven't felt what I feel here in New York, and it's people, like encountering people like you that genuinely want to just do good just for the sake of doing good. Like, that's hard to find, I think. Yeah, Buffalo's Buffalo's been known for that, and so, like, a lot of my uh, support, like this little big restaurant, Jeff and them, and and Sakoti's sales team over at Hunt Real Estate and and Dr. White, Ron White, I'm giving them a few shout outs at Buffalo Therapy for Physical Therapy, Buffalo Rehab Group with Ray Hamlin on, I mean t- like 12, maybe 14 clinics now that they're opening up, they're all um, out there, um, they want to reach veterans and I step in and offer that little bridge for them to bridge the gap mm-hmm. so, um, and that's the thing with Buffalo, there's so many people out there that are not military but willing to help the military, that blew me away when I started my business two years ago and um, I, I think you're feeling the same thing it's like oh, yeah. wow right and we're veterans ourselves mm-hmm. helping veterans and then to see like the community come together and just kind of support the give backs have been great uh, we've done I, I'm getting ready to file for taxes again for the company and I'm, I think I did about 38,000 50,000 last year so we're we're getting close um, with the HAP project to probably about $88,000 worth of equipment that's been donated to me that I get out to veterans. So that's power chairs and I've I've had wheelchair or stairwell lifts and had a professional installed. There's a veteran right now who has a lift for, I had a veteran drop off um, a almost brand new lift for the back of an SUV with a $8,000 power chair that goes to it. And I have a veteran out in Alden who's, um, we're in the process, we got the hitch put on his SUV for it. And then we just got the wiring came in today, actually. Yeah, awesome. And I'll get that hooked up. So it's really cool to see the groundswell of support that comes along, you know, with, with the veteran community here in Buffalo, even those who are not veterans, yeah. you know. So, all right, now there is another thing I wanted to ask you about. I saw something online 
and it had something to do with um, some veteran women type stuff. What was that? There's like an acronym for it, VO? Woven. Woven, that's mm-hmm. it. How can I forget that? All right, sorry. <laughs> no, that's So not. Woven, you care to elaborate for a minute on that? Yeah, so actually um, Woven itself, it's a nationwide program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Women Veterans Network, and it's essentially what it is. It's um, whenever the sessions start up, they're based around like eight weeks. Uh, and they're 90-minute classes each week, and you're going over. They're really structured. It's a social setting, but it's very structured at the same time. Okay. Um, you know, we definitely want to make everybody feel acknowledged and heard at the same time, but we also want to work through these modules of talking about things like transition, balance, self-esteem, um, you know, just um, self-care health, um, healthy living, things like that, that, um, you know, kind of, I think people just in general, and especially if you're like a giver and you're in that veteran, <laughs> you know, mode, yeah. I think, you know, you can always, t- you tend to put yourself last, you know, that's in the, that's the military thing, you know, you so eat true. last kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and so we just noticed that there was a need for like women veterans specifically. And I, I always tell this and I kind of tell it half ashamed was when I got out, I thought I didn't see the need for women veteran programming just because I, I thought we're, you know, we're all American flags. Um, we're just soldiers. Like, right. you know, we don't need anything special that kind of stuff I viewed it as being more divisive than anything else but listening to the women veterans that are around me they really called for that and they really like asked um, that we provide something like that so through sheer luck I actually participated in the Mm -hmm. first woven session here in Buffalo and I saw after going through the modules I saw how amazing it was and how transformative it can be for the lives of these women veterans Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be able to actually attend the national training myself down in Florida and become a trained peer leader so now we can offer that training moving forward on a regular basis to our women veterans. That's excellent. The article I was reading was fascinating. You know, it's um, just describing, say, a veteran woman who's taking care of her children, for example, getting out of the military, trying to deal with everything, which I'm sure, obviously, right up your alley, you Mm -hmm. know? So, I mean, and, you know, these are, I feel, are pertinent these are things that these are issues in veterans lives so why not address it you know mm-hmm. um everybody's important you know so Absolutely. it's like being in physical therapy circles and uh, you have people from range from fibromyalgia patients all the way to your typical orthopedic uh surgery rehab you know and then you've got your neurological stuff and so i mean why not have for the veteran community have the uh, the woven you know come in for the the female veterans and stuff and why not have the services like the the weird wire and, and uh, also, like, the HAP Project, we're helping out assistive devices, mobility devices, getting out. You know, it's kind of specializing in a way, but why not? Because if the community is there and there's a need there, right, mm-hmm. then we should have it. And I think yeah. what sometimes um, that doesn't really get captured, and mm-hmm. I get, that's why I say it's very self-gratifying what I get to do, because I personally get to see, like, these life-changing things. So somebody yeah. that receives a device that allows them to then get out, um, you know, yeah. and then they're able to maybe take take care of themselves a little bit better you know they they stand a little taller and you know and then from there they're starting to in you know engage more with veterans they're coming to our operation children of the military they're bringing their families out and they're you know it's just i've yeah. seen these transformations of these families these individual veterans and it's just it's amazing you know no that's something too that uh, i need to talk about uh, my father for example has had some care right now in syracuse area at the VA hospital and he's loved it and you know the veteran community gets bashed a lot and that's why I started these podcasts to bring, you know, kind of a, I feel it's a more true 
representation of the veteran community out there. There's a lot of us that have gotten out of the military. We've, you know, fought hard in the military. Now we're fighting hard in the civilian sector. And we're raising kids and have, going to school and we're businesses and, you know, and we're trying to, you know, there's a lot of good things that veterans bring to the community. Mm-hmm. It's not just your typical on TV, what do they always portray the, the veteran being, you know, he's, you know, there, unfortunately there are veterans out there that suffer from PTSD and suffer from the invisible wounds and physical wounds and maybe, but, you know, not all of us are doing that. We're helping the other veterans out and we're contributing to society so um, you know I, I say that in a holistic mindset let's just help out as many veterans as we can and there's so many good things happening that uh, instead of bashing all the VA systems and that veterans you know don't have anything available well unfortunately that probably was true 30 40 years ago and stuff but right now in an area like Buffalo there is a lot of good good stuff to help veterans right yeah and I personally I receive all my health care from the VA mm-hmm. I ha- I can say so much good about it I you know I mean sure for every you know nine great things you hear there's gonna be Correct. that one but just like you said yeah. there's there's not only is there so much out there there really are so many veterans that are that are doing well and so like when I talk about these programs you don't have to be falling on hard times to Correct. interact with us you can be doing great you can be a business exactly. owner you know <laughs> and you can you may just want to come you know corral some food for a, for an event you know just like just get out I'm sorry, I didn't mean to slap the table, but, you know. But yeah, getting out and joining the community and helping out the community and no man's an island kind of thing. You know, yeah. we're always out there trying to help each other and rubbing elbows whether you like it or not. You're influencing people um, good for, for better, for worse, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And I didn't talk about my veteran status for many years when I got out. You know, a lot of people just didn't ask and I went out with my life similar to what you were saying earlier. And like I went to my bachelor's degree, master's degree, and barely even came up out in Tulsa. I went to school for years and they really didn't have a veteran lounge or anything. They had something there on the campus, but whatever, you know, and then eventually I got to a point where I was like, you know what, why should I ignore this when it's a part of my past that I enjoyed and I'm proud of it? So, you know, why not, you know, put it on my sleeve a little bit. Why not wear it? You know, what the heck? So, you know, eventually I'm at this doing it now. But um, I want to encourage other people out there, if you felt on your heart to um, start something, even if it's not for veterans, you know, if you're a food pantry, clothing, um, whatever, um, you feel free to give any of us a call. Uh, if it's veteran-centered, you know, definitely 100% call us. If it's not 100% anyways, because we can maybe help you out too. Because I've talked to other people out there who get inspired by talking to people like you and stuff, and they say, I want to help out too you know and maybe they want to help out in a different way but you know we can connect them right we know enough people we have enough in our background and stuff right here in Valve and Buffalo Um, so um, the woven you've got so what are your two main things then the 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 project manager or is that what it's called Mm -hmm. right for the weird wire and then the woven there's those those are two main things right now you're doing in your life um, for, for well, for me personally, I mm-hmm. yeah, I manage the program itself, and then woven is just kind of one of the things that I kind of um, spearhead. I, I lead up since I'm actually the ones that, that one of the two that's trained um, in the area. Yeah. Um, but then also underneath the Dwyer umbrella as a whole, we do have like I said our Operation Children of the Military program. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we do have you know caregiving services, and there's there's a lot there's a lot of different things that um, that fall under Dwyer. So I'm just kind of tasked with overseeing it, make sure uh-huh. everything flows smoothly and then obviously with any state funded program there is reporting that goes along oh, with that yeah. so I've got my administrative <laughs> functions as well. <laughs> so. so you're falling back on, on uh, paperwork, right? Oh, yeah. Paperwork's always a must. Always a must. Um, justify our existence. So. Yeah, exactly. So, Alright, so 
as we move forward into two, well, 2020, right? As I was going to say 2019 for those who are out there, but 2020. Um, if anybody has any questions, any concerns, comments, feel free to you know, email me, reach out to me at um, through Facebook, Instagram, Half Project. Um, also, our website, www.thehalfproject.com, all one word. And I have, um, um, what do you call it? I don't want to say texting. It's supposed to be a live chat feature on there. So, And there's videos of the concert events and Jeff from This Little Pig was uh, playing bass last summer and the bands and there's video clips on there. So it's pretty cool. So check that out. Reach out to us. Uh, reach out to Alyssa too. I'll put those tags um, you know, in the when I post the podcast. Yeah. Um, is there anything else anybody you want to give a shout out to? Your kids? Anybody out there? <laughs> my, my three beautiful knuckleheads. <laughs> Nathan, KK, Lucy. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, just um, first and foremost, you, um, this podcast, everything that just you do your organization um, and then everybody that's out there just doing their best to not only just support veterans but supporting humanity as a whole you know I think just people helping Amen people is a cool thing so that's right we've got gifts and talents and we're not we don't have them just to hold them up and bury them we're supposed to do something with them so you know that's the whole thing judge each other on based on what you individually can do so you know that's you know the crux of everything that I teach my kids and all that is like we have gifts and talents go use them go do something be productive doesn't mean it's easy yeah. Right. I mean, break the military drill sergeant here breaking it down in order to build you up. That's the, I, it. Did a lot of that with my soccer. I'm coaching soccer twenty something years. So you break them kids down, then you build them up. You there know. You so. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, uh, we're finished with the podcast for today, and I thank all the listeners out there. Want to say thank you to everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And we appreciate it. And I look forward to the next podcast. Um, it'll be um, actually Chief Ward. So she knows Chief Ward. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, he's great. (laughs) So thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, stay tuned. We do. uh, I do have an extra segment that will be released. It's called Stoppage Time. I'm a soccer guy. So in our stoppage time. So I will be asking Alyssa a couple funny questions that will be released separate from this. So I look forward to that. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Thank you to This Little Pig Restaurant for hosting. Find us on Facebook. Please check out our new website at www.thehaveproject.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments can be emailed to haveveteranproject at gmail.com. Thank you.